You're listening to episode number 28 of Strike the Match. In this episode, my guest is Ted Esler, the new president and CEO of Missio Nexus. We talk about Ted's background and experience on the mission field and as an administrative leader, and also Missio Nexus, where it's been, where it's going. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with pastor and missiologist, Dr. J.P. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.P. On this episode of Strike the Match, uh, my guest today is Dr. Ted Esler. And uh, if you've been keeping up with any of the the media that's come out of the, the Christian world since this summer, uh, you uh, probably uh, heard his name a few times uh, come across uh, your inbox or in other periodicals that you've taken a look at, because on June the 1st, of 2015. Uh, Dr. Esler became the president and CEO of Missio Nexus, and we're going to spend some time today talking a, a little bit about uh, his background and also Missio Nexus, because I'm certain that some of you are out there listening that you're probably wondering, well, what, what is Missio Nexus? Uh, Ted has, uh, has been in mission and missionary circles and executive leadership circles for, for many years. Uh, he served for over 15 years in executive roles with Pioneers USA and Pioneers Canada. Uh, He also served as a church planter in the Balkans and uh, is an author of a book called Overwhelming Minority. You can actually read about his family's ministry in the Balkans in that book, Overwhelming Minority. And he also uh, served as a software entrepreneur and consultant in the United States. And so it is wonderful to have Ted on the program today. So brother, I I just want to welcome you to Strike the Match. Well, thank you very much. It's uh, great to be here talking with you. You know, I would add one more thing to my background that I think it's important for your listeners to know. Okay. And that is, I also am a church planter even now in this role, and I'm part of a church planning network here in Orlando. And um, church planning to me is just a real important part of the Global Great Commission. And so that's something I'm even doing now as a layperson um, working a full-time job. That is fantastic. I, I really commend you on that, brother, in, in just keeping keeping one foot in the field like that and being significantly uh, involved uh, in kingdom work there. So, uh, so that's great. Thank you for sharing that. So I've got a few questions for you, Ted, that I wanted to, uh, to ask you uh, today. Um, uh, I know that some of the folks out there uh, know you really well, and they've known you for, for several years, uh, um, probably in your uh, connections with pioneers as uh, your paths have crossed. But uh, I know that there are also folks out there that are listening that they're probably wondering, well, well, who is this, this, uh, this Dr. Ted Esler? Uh, so can you, can you tell us a little bit about your background, maybe some things that I didn't cover kind of in the introduction? Well, I think you did a pretty good job of hitting kind of the main things that I've uh, experienced in my Short time here on this earth, I would probably. <laughs> so I can be a biographer now, huh? <laughs> yeah. Now you you said I had many many years, and it makes me feel probably a little bit older than I want to be considered. But um, when I was so I've been in this current role only since June. And prior to that, I was with Pioneers USA, and I was with Pioneers USA about thirteen years. And during that time, I served as executive vice president, working really closely with Pioneers uh, USA president Steve Richardson. And prior to that, I was in Canada, also with Pioneers. But the 10 years of the 1990s that everybody knows as the tough war years, I spent most of those years as a church planter in Croatia and in Bosnia. And um, 
I would, you know, th those years were very hard years to be um, part of the, the cultures there that were at war. But if you're in ministry, those are also years of a lot of opportunity. And people were um, much more open at that time to the gospel than they would be even considered now. And so we saw plenty of growth in the church and lots of neat things happen during that time. And I would say, as I look back over my involvement with ministry, that certainly is one of the big highlights. Mm. So, so you come to this role with Missio Nexus not, not just as one who has the uh, executive administrative background, but you also come as a practitioner, someone who uh, has experience in the trenches as a missionary. Absolutely, and, and I, I'm hoping that um, that background and that interest, not just in the leadership, in the mobilization, recruitment, in the mission administration side, of my experience and my background, but I'm hoping that that field piece actually is going to be much more highlighted in the years ahead for Missio Nexus. Well, so tell us tell us a little bit about Missio Nexus. I uh, I'm I'm obviously aware of the, of the the network, but I, I know that uh, some of the folks out there that are listening are not aware that uh, if I'm assuming correctly, it's still the largest um, evangelical uh, mission agency network uh, in North America. Is that is that correct? Uh, in North America, that'd be true. Now, I was just in South Africa a week and a half ago, and I was with the head of the Indian Mission Association. They might be bigger than us now, so we might be number two at this point. But Missio Nexus, the best way to think about it, you know, every industry has an industry association. And in the world of missions, that is what Missio Nexus is in North America. Um, you know, it's kind of the the hip thing now to call it a network mm -hmm. um, but in many ways we are uh, like an industry association the biggest difference is you know let's say for example I'm speaking to you from Orlando let's say you join the Orlando Regional Realtor Association which is one of the ones that is here um, you actually are in an association with competitors but since this is kingdom work mm -hmm. we're we're an association of people that are actually trying to collaborate for Great Commission purposes. And so the opportunity for real cooperation with what, you know, our association, our network can do is much bigger than that would be in an industry association. And, and so so who are the who are the members that are part of of this uh, this association? Well, three years ago, two historic mission associations merged to become Missio Nexus. Um, the IFMA, um, which had been rebranded as Cross Global Link just prior to the merger, and then the EFMA, which was called the Mission Exchange, they combined to make up Missio Nexus. And if you take how many years of combined experience that is, it's 171 years. Mm, wow. Um, the, the membership represents both mission agencies and Great Commission churches. It makes up. Um, it represents about forty thousand fielded staff members. Forty thousand fielded staff. That, so the, I mean that's. I mean that's just massive in scope and and across many denominations and non denominations as well. Right. It, it is both. Um, there's individual membership. Churches can join. Um, then agencies and organizations, um, companies. There's all sorts of. Uh, different kind of groups in the mix, but the majority currently are missionary agencies. 
And, and I know that throughout the year, you guys uh, offer all kinds of, of incredible resources, webinars, uh, periodicals that come out. Uh, but then you have an annual uh, uh, gathering as well that, that is actually uh, coming up pretty soon, I believe. Yep, it's right at the end of this month. It's a Mission Leaders Conference in the last couple of years, and we anticipate it to be about the same size. It'll draw about a thousand mission leaders from across North America. So, uh, Missy Onexus, wh- under your leadership, uh, next few years, uh, wh- where, do you, where do you see uh, the association going? Well, I think Missy Onexus has a lot of incredible potential to. In- collaboration in the North American church, but I also think we have a lot of catching up to do. It used to be that groups like this, networks like this, existed in a vacuum. They were the only way that you could get to know people from other organizations, for mm-hmm. example, or other churches. But nowadays with the internet and increased communication, that's not so much the case. And so a network or an association like Missio Nexus really needs to think more deeply about the value that it's bringing to membership. Um, the kinds of things we want to focus on are similar to what's historically been done, which is shared learning across different organizations, um, collaboration, whether those, uh, whether that means field ministry collaboration or whether it's digital collaboration online, getting together with people virtually, training, mentoring, a host of other things. Um, these are all things that make it worthwhile to be a member of an organization like Missio Nexus. And so... That's one area that I think there needs to be a lot of focus on. Um, just today, for example, I got an email from the chairman of our board, and he's asking me about the refugee crisis that's happening right now in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, no doubt among the database of organizations that make up Missio Nexus, there's a fair amount of ministry that's happening. And it'd be awesome if we were able to connect the dots and help right. those organizations understand what other groups are doing and try to, to to collaborate for greater effectiveness. Those are the kinds of things I hope we'll see Missio Nexus moving into in the future. Yeah, I mean, when you begin to think about not only the the size of the of the world, uh, but then you begin to think about the growth of the cities, the you know the social needs that are out there, and obviously the unreached people groups, unengaged people groups that exist. I mean, we we do need to have better better understanding of what what our brothers and sisters are doing in other parts of the world it, it, it is a it's a stewardship issue yeah it really is and i think the because of the changes in the whole association and networking world um, we also have to be looking at our online presence in a much more serious way than we have to date and so that's an area that we're currently uh, investing in researching right now is to figure out how we can use um, online relationships to a much greater extent than we have in the past. When you begin to look at, uh, and, I, and, I'm, and right now I'm just speaking of, of mission agencies that are in uh, Canada and the United States, but when you begin to look at the future, uh, the next, let's say, Lord willing, three to five years from now, what, what are some of the challenges that, that those agencies uh, and some of them are identifying as networks. Those networks must – what were some things that they must prepare for in light of what is likely to come in the next three to five years? What, what are you seeing uh, from your chair? Well, probably – I think the, probably the biggest overall issue is just the redefinition of mission and thinking through what our role as North Americans is in that changing and shifting picture. 
Um, you know, there's been this has got so many different angles you could look at it from. So, for example, one of them might be just defining mission broadly or more narrowly. There's been, I think, a strong push by missiologists in particular to have a very broad definition of mission, which, you know, if you look at, say, a book like uh, Christopher Wright's The Mission of God, his, his, his argument would be everything God does is mission. Um, historically, for evangelicals, that has not been our definition of mission. Um, we are really more concerned about expanding the footprint of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's, that's one angle on this redefinition of mission is that there's just been this really strong academic and missiological push for a really broad definition of mission. And it plays out in a lot of different ways on the ground with local churches. Um, so, so that's one area. Another way that you could look at redefining mission is just what's happening in the world around us. So I think we're all pretty familiar these days, if you follow missions at all, with the globalizing paradigm, uh, the growth of the two-third world church or the global south church, however mm-hmm. you want to call it. Right. I think that one of the negatives that's come out of the highlighting of that reality, and I do think it's a reality, is that it's caused the church in North America to kind of wonder, well, what's our place in this? Mm-hmm. If all of the excitement and action is happening elsewhere, um, then maybe we should just um, kind of focus on our own neighborhoods and what's happening here at home. Um, you know, I, I think the whole, we just should send money, not people, for example, that idea, that attitude, mm-hmm. it kind of comes comes out of this this arena. At the same time, we do have a lot of financial resource, and we do need to learn how to uh, properly and adequately, you know, deploy that resource globally. Yeah. So, so all of those things I would just say are kind of wrapped up in this shifting blob of what we mean when we say missions in the North American Church today. Do, do you think that most agencies are are aware of these two realities and are wrestling through these? matters, or is that still something that many of them are not even considering? No, I think agencies are aware. Um, I'm not sure that many people have felt empowered to speak about the specific North American role in mission. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for lack of a a better way to say it, there's almost a um, political correctness in the language that we used to talk about mission today that really can make particularly Americans, probably not Canadians as much, but really Americans feel like they don't have a role to play, mm-hmm. which is which is so far you know from the truth. Right. Um, I also think you know not not to get into a controversial topic, but the the whole language around missional missional church mm-hmm. and churches seeing themselves as fully uh, missional. It's really great, but it's also got some negative side effects when it comes to, for example, crossing cultural barriers mm-hmm. um, globally. People think, you know, the mission is right here. It's not overseas. Well, that's true. It is right here. But it is also overseas as well. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, for over 200 years, you know, Protestant uh, missionaries went into the world and, um, you know, the Holy Spirit did exactly what he said he was going to do. I mean, people came to faith and churches were planted and they multiplied. And, you know, I've been surprised that um, 
that uh, so many of us have been surprised as a result of that. And and there's, you know, we, we look back at that history and we, we realize there was a lot of paternalism and colonialism and things of that nature. But we've never really thought through, I think, in a, in a healthy way of how how do we now you know, partner. How do we now be on mission among the unreached uh, in our ro- in our role today, uh, without being paternalistic, but at the same time, uh, without you know discarding the wisdom and the you know the 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 stewardship that God has given us to be able to contribute to the global church's conversation as well. You know, this kind of highlights to me an example of how Missio Nexus can help churches and agencies think through this. We, we publish a bi-monthly magazine journal called Anthology. Mm-hmm. And so in the upcoming issue of Anthology, we're running an article, which is actually chapter two from a book by a sociologist named, uh, whose name is Robert Wuthnow. And he basically what he does in that chapter is he takes a look at the globalizing paradigm that's common in missions today, and he more or less makes a parody of it and shows what the negative consequences of us embracing that uh, particular paradigm might be. And I'm really hoping that when mission leaders read through that article, it will make them, in fact, there's a, there's a set of questions that go along with the article that I'm hoping will have entire mission teams sit down and think, well, what is our best contribution at this particular point in mission history? Um, again, I, I do see with a number of churches, now Brook Hills isn't like this, but many large churches have, in, in a sense, disengaged from global mission. Hmm. Or they have shifted their focus to only that type of global mission which every Christian in their church can participate in. Now, I'm all hmm. for full participation. But I also realize that, you know, Jesus was incarnational in his ministry. And there's going to be an ongoing role for incarnational missionaries or people who go cross-cultural, learn the language, learn the culture, put down roots, mm-hmm. and are there long-term. Right. So for, for whatever reason, it's really easy for us to think in terms of either or when both and is really the, the better recipe. Ted, how can we, uh, how can we find Missio Nexus online? What's the quickest way to do that? Well, you can go to Missio, which is mission without the N, but then the next word has N in the beginning, missionexus.org. Okay. And, um, you know, the honest truth is this kind of is one of the things that I'm focusing on already, and that is we are going to be rewriting and redeploying our online presence. Um, the, if you were to go to that missionexus.org website, you would not see a lot of good content there for collaboration. Now, if you log in as a member, it's very different because all the resources that are there are available to you as a member. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an example of where I think we need to make a shift and we need to kind of upgrade and update our online presence. And one of my hopes for the long term is that we will have a constantly updated front page, which will, which will be uh, mission information that's contemporary and fresh um, every day. So again, turning to the crisis, uh, the refugee crisis in Europe, mm-hmm. it'd be awesome if there was up to up to you know what what's happening today, and how our ministries responding um, in that particular crisis. If you look at the the world of the internet, there really is not a go to place 
that's missions specific and broad in its orientation. And so here we are with Missio Nexus. We've got some hundreds of member organizations and churches. All of them are producing content all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that we can aggregate some of that and make that available um, across uh, the, the Internet. Fantastic. Uh, MissioNexus.org, and I'm assuming uh, listeners can find information about uh, membership as well. Yep, there's membership information out there, and there's numerous ways that you can participate in a cohort learning environment. Uh, we do webinars quarterly. I mean, there's literally hundreds of potential uh, things that you could partake in on that website. Ted, how about yourself? Do you have a, a presence online as well? I have maintained my own website, my own blog, www.esler, which is E-S-L-E-R, period, O-R-G. Okay. Since, since taking on this role, though, I haven't done really much at all with it, simply because now that I'm a CEO, I kind of feel like my energy needs to be poured more that way. So I anticipate um, in time probably kicking that up again. Okay. But the truth is right now I am up to my eyeballs <laughs> in things to do and think about and learn and it's, a, it's an exciting time yes I, i'm very certain that, that your plate is full are you are you on a uh, twitter or facebook yes you can find me on twitter at tedster t-e-d-s-t-u-r s-t-u-r t-e-d-s-t-u-r tedster and then facebook is just ted esler t-e-d-e-s-l-e-r on facebook wonderful yep, yep. My guest today on Strike the Match has been uh, Dr. Ted Esler, who is the uh, new president and CEO of Missio Nexus. And so I hope that you will check out their website if you are not aware of that and also track uh, him down uh, online as well and uh, see what is to come in days uh, ahead, Lord willing, with Missio Nexus. I'm very excited uh, about uh, where they're going and uh, look forward to what the Lord will continue to do in days to come. Uh, brother, thank you so very much uh, for being with us today on Strike the Match. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Lord bless. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Payne. You can find J.D. on Facebook or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpayne.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.